0: Welcome to another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. This is number 88 about the game we played in October, which is Realms of the Haunting. Um, A, what am I going to say, first-person shooter full-motion video adventure game? (laughs) Yeah, all the genres. (laughs) Uh, Released in in December 1996 um, and developed by Gremlin Interactive. Uh, so I'm Martijn, Tijn on the forums, and I'm not going to talk about this game all by myself. So first of all joining us ever is our trusty co-host Florian. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. You sadly <laughs> missed the last one. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't make it. So I'm glad you're joining. I'm always a little scared when you when you leave <laughs> us to our own <laughs> device. You know, so. I'm not really doing anything. Oh, okay, okay. That's just moral support. Good to have you on board. Uh, Now we're also joined by two guests. Uh, First of all, returning from, I don't know what the last one was, Richard, but... Uh, Ah, Discworld, I think. Discworld, yeah, that was like six episodes ago. So good to have you back. Yeah, good to be back.
1: Looking forward to this
0: one. Yeah, I I think this is a game you're really into, so... uh That's, it's it's always interesting to see what you're, you know, it seems so diverse. Yeah. I always think, oh, it's Richard, the adventure game guy, but then (laughs) he's got a lot of things going on, so. Well, yeah, it's a bit of adventuring in this, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) And also we are joined by Ross. Hello. Hey, uh, also known as Accursed Farms on YouTube. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel name. Yeah. and, And that seems to be
2: the main thing you do, right? Yeah, yeah, I bounced around with several different videos,
0: one of which covered realms of the haunting. Exactly. That's the that's the whole reason why we invited you, because you you have this um, this series called Ross Dame Game Dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. You cover well. I'm gonna say obscure games, but I don't know if that's how you see it. It's it just kind of bounces around, but includes many obscure ones. Yeah, and many DOS games as well, by the way. So. Definitely interesting for our listeners to uh, to check out Ross's channel, and yeah, you've, you've covered uh, realms of the haunting, which is uh, you know a great video. So uh, so I thought, well, maybe you can help us out <laughs> with, with this. Uh... <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's let's just talk about the game, right? Let's go. Let's go. My father died six months ago. Since he and my mother divorced, we'd had our problems. I hadn't seen him as often as I'd meant to. You know how it is. I can't explain it, but lately I've begun to dream about a house. Incredibly vivid dreams.
1: Adam, please don't turn away from me, I
3: need your help, you must free me, I am dead, yes, my body lies beneath the gravestone, but my soul is
2: trapped. Company, you are marked. marked. Take the divine and restore the power.
0: Where is my father? Here, there, everywhere.
2: Hello,
3: Adam. Dreams are a curious thing, aren't they? You could say that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to frighten you. I'm sorry, I'm getting used to it. Maybe I can help. Maybe you could help me? Lady, I just drove for two hours in a cab to get to a house in the middle of
1: nowhere.
0: I don't know why I'm here. I'm cold. I'm wet. People are trying to kill me. And to top it all off, I've just had a riveting conversation with my father. And not only that would be great, except he's dead. things first as ever uh why are we playing this game and i think it it was suggested through the forums wasn't it
1: yeah this was this, this was one of my ideas was this there one you I go thought, <laughs> there you go
0: yeah
1: i thought i want to pick something obscure that i thought no one would have played before <laughs> i thought it'd be a good halloween pick
0: yeah well, that's, yeah we, we we did pick it for october so do you know when you suggested it, it was a long time ago i think
1: Ah, uh, it's certainly been a couple of years. I think I sort of had a bit of, of flurry of suggestions a few
0: years back. It was one of them. Mm. So, yeah, it's been just lying there waiting for another Halloween to, to come round, And it finally happened. July 21. There you go. Oh, that's not even that long. Well, kind of. I don't know. So, um, yeah, if we just do a little round of, you know, who played the game before and like what your history is with the game, maybe we can start with you, Rich, like... Why why did you pick it?
1: Uh this is uh I bought this is one I bought when it's new. It reviewed incredibly well in the UK press. Mm. But it seems like no one actually bought it for some reason. Really? Well I got, I think as far as I know it's one of the games that's responsible for finishing off Gremlin mm-hmm. Studios
0: before they got bought out. I, I did read it was one of their most expensive productions to date. So they poured a lot into this one.
1: The time I bought this is of FMV. First person shooter, horror themed, point and click adventure—it's like all my favorite things in one place. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of tailor made for me at the time. <laughs> I think was this.
0: And it was really hyped up in the magazines as well, as far as I could tell. So it's kind of surprising it didn't sell well. Yeah, they, they made a lot of money, they spent a
1: lot of money on it. I think it came out just before Christmas, but not in time for anyone to actually buy it for Christmas. I think. Anyway.
0: Oh, that's right, because it did come out in December but yeah oh maybe they just missed the window mm, that's a good point but you did play it
1: yeah i loved it i played it i played it quite a few times back then i hadn't returned to it for
0: years before playing it for this i'm impressed because this is not an easy game did you did you finish it right away did you play it all the way
1: I can, well yeah i finished it i can't remember how long it took i, I wouldn't have had any walkthroughs back then oh, either but yeah that's... I, don't, I don't remember been that bad. I, I definitely had it on easy mode for the adventure sections. Okay. Yeah. So I'll say so just select the items and all that. But yeah, I, I definitely made, I made my
0: way through it. I don't, I don't think it's that bad as long as you got the patience and the time. Mm, right. So you, you, you played it right away in, what was it? 96, 97? Yeah. Did you play it since? um just for this before i think it was actually advice. actually
1: it was the adventure game podcast suggested it (laughs) i suggested it on here then they picked
0: it first i I literally joined
1: that that discord just to play this game
0: oh right yeah the adventure game discord did this as well yeah that's true and then you picked it about two months later so (laughs) yeah so you didn't play it in between then no
1: but I did, I did watch a bit of you playing it, and I point you in the right direction a few times when you were streaming.
0: Very helpful. Yeah, very helpful. I, uh, I'm i completely new to this game. I had never heard of it. So I played it on Twitch, and uh, I got about, I don't know, two-thirds of the way, maybe? Yeah, I think you were about
1: one good session from finishing it last really? time, I saw.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's a long game, but yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm completely new to this. Uh, Florian, had you ever heard of this? Never. Yeah, just all completely new. <laughs> How was it for you, Ross? When did this game pop up on your radar? Uh, probably around when
2: it came out. I mean, I would see it in stores, but I, I never was buying you know, full-price new release stuff. Same. <laughs> I was always budget bin scrounging. Uh, a friend of mine had it, and he hyped it up saying it was just real scary game for him. And people, other people who played it gave him nightmares, but I never really got a chance to trying it until a few years back. Because one of the things that threw me off from it was I was never really into first-person shooters before mouse aiming. Mm. I never really liked controlling them with a keyboard. And this one, it's sort of half and half. It's mm-hmm. Well, in, in my video, I show what I went through to kind of get a halfway functional mouse aiming. It's
0: yeah, and it's weird because it does have the mouse as a central mechanic, but that's really for the adventure part of it. I think it feels like it's in the days before we
2: really figured out a, a ideal system for first person shooters. But like System Shock is kind of like that too, mm-hmm. where you can kind of switch between the modes, or it's you can aim with the mouse, but you're not turning, or it's it's them. Tr- it really feels like they were trying to figure it out at the time. Mhm yeah for sure came out half a year
4: after Quake i guess it was too late to adopt to Quake's input scheme
0: <laughs> it it was around the time just things were generally a bit of a mess because Duke Nukem 3D is from the same era and that was fully aimed at keyboard control so eh. i was still playing Quake with a keyboard when that came out <laughs> <with us> first <laughs> so um so your friend had it Ross but but when did you like did you pick it up secondhand or something or, or like a bargain bin like you mentioned or uh, I... no i didn't really get
2: to it until a few years back when i did the video it's one of those uh, i have a huge list of games i'm meaning to play eventually and that one i knew halloween was coming up it's supposed to be scary so i figured well since i'm making a video on it for it's kind of a performance even if the i hate the controls i'll just plow through it anyway
0: just you know all right and that's when i went through it so So your video is actually your first playthrough yes oh that's interesting yeah i guess richard is the only one who actually played it in the 90s did do you remember what sort of computer it requires this is this like a do you need a big pentium or something or is it okay in terms of performance because it's hard to tell nowadays when you run it in dosbox or whatever
1: Struggling to remember what I had, it would have been just after I got like my first job and I like, bought a decent machine. Ah, so it might maybe a decent decent four eight six, maybe a pent. But I probably I might have had a pentium by then. Yeah, I probably did. Hmm.
4: I think the box says you need a four eight six.
0: Yeah, oh, that's actually not bad because it do, it looks kind of fancy with the full motion video as well and everything. So. Hello. Hey, Florian.
4: Yes, that's me. Hi Martin.
0: It's Martin it's here. Um, remember we did the, the, the Realms of the Haunting podcast?
4: Well that's a couple of weeks ago, but I think yeah, we did.
0: Yeah, and we we, we said we didn't have a voice message. Uh-huh. We totally do. Oh we do. Yeah. Uh, Wesley uh, sent us one. And I think I think it got caught in our uh, spam folder.
4: Oh dear. Let me let me look it up real quick. Uh, you're right. I found it.
0: Yeah, see. Um, so uh, yeah, we should we should definitely play it and, and edit it into the podcast.
4: Absolutely. So, so
0: let's do that right now.
4: Good thing we're recording this voice call anyway. <laughs> um, I, I can start it. So let's have a listen to what Wesley has to say.
0: Great.
3: Hello, my name is Wesley. Waste on the forums. This was the first time I played Realms of the Haunting. My first impression was how moody the environment is. Moving through that dark creepy house with some dead things stinking up that suit of armour had me sitting on the edge of my seat. I really enjoyed the lore that unfolds through dialogue, books and letters. I enjoyed many of the puzzle elements although there were a couple of very frustrating parts. Finding that last brain to feed into the brainometer in chapter 16 sent me into a frenzy. While I made good use of the in-game maps, I struggled navigating the caverns and the mirror maze. I also really love the music in this game. My favourite quote is when Rebecca says, Death, Adam, is as light as a feather. Duty is as heavy as a rock. In the end, it took me 23 hours to complete Realms of the Haunting. Glitches aside, I loved and feared every minute of it. Thanks, DOS Game Club.
0: Wow, that's great. Yep. Thanks, Wesley. Thanks a lot. (laughs) So, 23 hours. It sounds like he completed the whole game. Mm
4: -hmm. I don't know, 23 hours. I... I mean, I, I I didn't complete it, so I don't know if that's good or bad. But
0: sounds very good to me. I think I played for for around that much, and I only got You're to done, no. chapter fifteen <laughs> or so. So uh, I don't know. It's a long game. So well done.
4: Yeah. And it's it's absolutely. I think it's absolutely right. The game is super moody and.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's all, uh it's it's awesome that that we're introducing people to these games. I mean, I'm introducing myself to these games as well. I mean, i have never played it, but mm-hmm, yeah. That's it's a plan. So yeah. So thanks a lot, Wesley, for sending that in. It's really nice to hear, you know, people enjoying the games we're doing. Yep. Cool. Okay. All right. So uh on with the show, I think. Yeah, good
4: good thing you found this mail. <laughs> I, I
0: would, it would not be have, so embarrassing. Yeah, I would not have wanted to, to miss it. So here we go. No. All right.
4: Okay, then back to the show.
0: Yep. Right. So we've probably confused a few listeners already. What the hell sort of game this is? <laughs> uh, maybe we should give a quick overview. So it's really, it's really two games, isn't it? Yeah. It's a first-person shooter. That's just what it is. But then they've sort of slapped. Uh, a point-and-click adventure game on top of it yeah it's
2: two games and a movie yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and two themes too because it's sort of half haunted house half you know fantasy portal
0: adventure kind of thing so yeah it very much leans into the uh, the whole supernatural hype that i feel was going on in the 90s you know with x-files on tv and everything it's not literally aliens although but it's I don't know. It's all the things, really. It's
1: <laughs> yeah. They throw the Templars in there. Every every game had to have the Templars in there, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's you know the story goes all over the place. It's it's I don't know traveling to other worlds, time travel. But it starts out in this big house, so it seems like a, a classic haunted house mystery. But it opens up really quickly and and just turns full on supernatural crazy pretty quickly but it's also a horror game i guess i mean it's pretty scary i i found it pretty scary i don't know
1: yeah i don't know if it's that scary you know i'm sorry <laughs> going back it's kind of dark that's
4: scary yeah it does know. have dark themes right but yeah it's, it's not like like you're sitting there and i don't know biting your nails trying to no, survive no. the game evening
0: no 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 right so yeah i hope that explains the game i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah two games two themes
0: yeah, yeah. So so if we dive deeper into the premise, the story, like how the game opens, I feel it shows a lot of what they're trying to do because it's like an eight minute opening cinematic or something. It's kind of crazy, uh, which says a lot about the time as well, I feel, you know, the, the CD-ROM games were all the hype and you gotta have the big FMV intro. That's like, yeah, especially for this type of AAA game. So I, I feel they're really showing off the, the, yeah, just the state of the art here. Um, but the story seems to revolve around uh, this this character, a- Adam Randall. That's you. you. You play as Adam Randall. And you're in the back of a taxi to this uh, haunted house, a mysterious mansion, because your father had died. And it, it, your father was researching the house or something. And he gave you some magic item, which is in pieces. It's like a medallion, but it's broken. And But it also seems you don't really know what's going on. You're also an American, by the way, and that game is set in Cornwall, I think. I I don't know, none of this is really explained. Like, do you live there or, I don't know, doesn't matter. You just go to the house.
4: It was a two-hour cab ride, right?
0: Yeah, he he constantly explains about how long the taxi ride was. Like, that's that's the biggest deal to him.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there are monsters coming at him from all directions trying to kill him. But the (laughs) two-hour cab ride, that's the real issue.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it sort of makes sense in the beginning. I mean it, it felt because even before the cab ride, first you have a quote which I have no under I have no understanding of what they're trying to go for. Then you get sort of a CGI fantasy sequence and then that's that's all a dream and then then he's explaining everything and then he talks about the woman in his dreams. It it sort of starts off like Alone in the Dark, like the original game. Yeah, You know, so it's, but you're giving hints that, oh, maybe there's something else going on here. So Mm -hmm. I'm fine with the intro. I mean, it's because it it feels like, okay, you're setting this up for kind of a mystery adventure like Alone in the Dark, but there's other supernatural stuff probably coming that we don't Mm. understand yet. But it's, I don't know if it ever really connected for me
0: well that's the thing that a lot of things are hinted at um there's there's you know the green what is it lightning and and a, a meteor strikes the earth and there's a, sort of an angel and there's runes and a sword and uh, there's a guy with a hat with the cards. and so and and as you mentioned the angel face and so it's just a lot and it's it's okay in an intro you know you're just intrigued and but yeah i hope we get a chance to piece together what we understand of the story, because <laughs> I just know bits and pieces, really. You might be looking for answers that aren't there, though. You should yeah, be aware that's, of that. You that's, know? That's, what, that's what I think. Um, one thing I would like to say that's really odd, uh, I thought it was my computer at first, but it just seems to be the game. Uh, These the CGI sections in the beginning, especially where the meteor hits the, the ground, the, the video runs at like 3 FPS. What's up with that? Isn't it pre-rendered? Yeah, I mean, well, it could be it's limits
1: on the bit right, I guess. But mm. the the only other thing that occurred to me is like. I don't know if there was ever another version, but when I bought this, I've still I've still got it. It said it's like a director's cut with an extended intro oh. on the box. Oh, really? And it's the exact same. yeah. But as far as I know, there's only one actual version out there. So maybe there was some version that ran at full speed, and they had to mm. get make it worse to fit on the disc. I have absolutely no idea.
2: No, I don't know if this helps, but I looked up on MobyGames. So I was trying to remember how many discs it was. The US copy is four CDs. The German one is three. Oh. Yeah, mine's four as well, the UK one. Huh, so maybe that's the director's
1: cut then. Well, I don't think there's anything that wasn't a director's cut, is what I'm saying. It but.
4: <laughs> Would make sense for them to cut content, right? Maybe they thought all the other sequences were so important they couldn't possibly cut something, so they decided to cut from the beginning. I don't know. Yeah. Weird choice, but, but possible.
0: Anyway, it's kind of weird that it, that it slows down to this, like, one FPS fe- f- speed, but... Uh, I don't know. It's not a technical issue. It's just how the, the movie is. So you know, it's fine. And the the there's there's live action as well. It's like real actors, you know. So that's pretty cool. Great effects. Mmm. So right. So the the story really is this: Adam uh, traveling in a taxi to the mansion, and once you enter the the mystery house, that's where the game starts, right? So it's it's the classic thing. The doors behind you are closed. You can't get out. So there's only one way forward. You have to explore the mansion. Um, And that's when the game opens. I I think this works fairly well, to be honest. I mean, this is a...
4: Proven concept.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's classic, but it works. Yeah,
4: it's not reinventing the wheel. No. Not innovative, but it works.
0: And what's kind of cool is that some doors, a lot of doors actually, are locked off with some kind of symbol. And I guess this is really how progress is measured it's like these doors have to be opened up slowly as you go so yeah in the beginning you're sort of funneled into a direction because there's only so many doors that actually open so yeah i feel this works as a sort of a getting into it phase
1: it's a bit odd in terms of the sort of creepiness of the mansion because like you've got paintings with eyes that move and Mm. Body, suits of armor that look like they've got bodies stuffed inside right inside the entrance where you sort of think it would start to build a little bit at the beginning sort of go for the haunted house
0: vibe i think the reason is because they they just have a lot of places to go to so they can't delay you know they have to go pretty quickly because i think it's pretty i don't know are there really levels i wanted to say like by level two but i I don't think... Well, there's chapters, aren't there? Yeah. So I think by chapter two or three, you're already time traveling and stuff. So <laughs> it it goes really hard. Let's see. So I guess the opening is really just about, you know, finding your way with the controls and stuff. It opens as a shooter. I'm sure you all smashed the windows. That's what I did anyway, because you're confusing point and click adventuring with firing your weapon. <laughs> That's what I did. I shot all the windows thinking... I was just interacting with the windows but
4: yeah. Oh, I'm opening the window here. Very good. Weird noise for opening a window?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't come with a weapon by the way. You just it it's just lying around there. Yeah. Which it's fine. It's cool. It adds to the to the atmosphere.
2: But was there an, another first-person shooter adventure game hybrid like this prior to this?
0: I don't know. It's weird because it was Kind of popular after Myst to do the first person adventure game thing. Yeah, but this is, oh, there's plenty of
2: first person adventure games, but this one's a shooter too. So yeah, I, I'm wondering,
0: I don't know if I've seen that combo prior to this. No, and this is also before the likes of, you know, Half-Life. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's not an adventure game, but it's sort of narrative driven, which wasn't common for shooters back then.
1: Yeah, nothing leaps to mind. I can think of a few with inventors, and that's about as far as it went.
0: Although Gremlin themselves made Normality before, which isn't exactly a shooter, but it also has this same uh, first-person perspective.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a a first-person adventure with kind of a first-person shooter engine, is the way I would describe it. Yeah, they actually started
1: Normality after Realms of the Haunting, but Realms of the Haunting took so long, it didn't come out until
0: after Normality. Oh, really? I was wondering about that. Oh, that's interesting. Because I'm sure they share an engine and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the same engine. So, uh, let's see. What's there to talk about about the gameplay? Um... You know, you pick up objects, like there's the the gun. Obviously, you find the gun. There's also letters and things that build the the story. There's a pretty elaborate inventory where you can inspect
4: all the items. Speaking of the inventory and picking up stuff, can we talk about how weird it is that you have to pick which hand you're using stuff with? Oh,
2: forgot about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's an interesting mechanic, I guess. I've never really figured it out how it works. I just clicked around and until it seemed to work i think the idea is you hold one item in your hand and your weapon in the other something like that
1: yeah that's definitely the idea it's <laughs> it's, it's quite tricky isn't it there's there's two modes there? there's an easy mode where it just selects the item for you and you don't have to worry about any of that mm-hmm which is how I originally played it. I think it's probably the way to go, if I'm honest with this, as much as I like my adventure gaming. Yeah.
4: Am I I misremembering that? But you also have to put um, potions in your your hand before
0: you can use them, right? Yeah. That's super weird. I played a later patch, I think, because I could just double-click potions and they would work i remember i remember on the stream
1: it took us a while to figure it out and i would deployed it a couple of months earlier and i still couldn't it still took us 10 minutes
0: <laughs> it's definitely fiddly it's uh it's cool though because it has the window with all your items and you can open them and it has this 3d detail of it mm-hmm. so
4: but the window itself is also very confusing because you have those different categories and you're never sure which category the object you're looking for is in and you're yeah. jumping back and forth looking for, I don't know, the sword. and uh, it's, it's
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a weapons category and a magic category, but also a general items or maybe a document. Ca- I don't know. It's all kind of hard. You have to go through all the categories every time you pick up something really. Yeah, there's even characters for
1: like, there's like one for topics and people you meet, isn't it? Yeah. You can sort of look back and reflect. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's good for keeping track of where you are and sort of, if you've not
0: played for a bit, just remember a bit of memory and all that. Exactly, exactly. Pretty modern. Um, You start playing, solving these puzzles, I guess, to to open more doors. I remember setting, there's like the stuff with candles and stuff. You just have to find matches or something and then light the candles. So it's, it's a bit like that. I don't remember when the first FMV kicks in, but that's really the third pillar of the game, isn't it? Because the story is mainly told through these full motion video cutscenes. And, and it just builds, you know, as you go. I don't remember how it really unfolds. I think one of the earlier ones is where you get to meet the the angelic lady, or isn't it? Like Rebecca, who joins your team. I think the first one is you, you, get, to meet, you get to meet the ghost of your dad first. Right. he's
1: has been held prisoner by some little green stone around his neck. Yes. Some dodgy looking zombies or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and they just talk about all these, you know, the Shrive, the soul stone. There's just things introduced in these cutscenes that basically send you on your way between them is is how I interpret it. It's like, okay.
1: Yeah. So you're
0: basically on a quest to save your dad from this green stone that you don't know anything about. Exactly. Exactly. And and Rebecca joins you, um, although you never really see her in game. That's also kind of weird. Yeah. She's supposed to be there all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's always like behind you or something. (laughs)
4: When you turn around, she quickly runs in a circle.
1: She's not in the middle when you
0: look in that.
1: She'd have to be right behind you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And she's a psychic as well. I only read that. I don't know if I actually got that from the game. Sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing is, there's so much in the story, but not a lot of it really kind of completes with where they were trying to take it it just it feels like a lot of different concepts crop up and then not much has followed through instead it's on to the next
0: kind of theme that's going on here yeah that's really it the most uh the part that made sense to me is is this is also still pretty early on although I just want to say how quickly the game opens up because you open up in you you start in the mansion, right? So you think, okay, this is a mansion, I got this, but then you go down like one or two stairs and it's huge. There's like lava pools and dungeons all the way. It's like way bigger than the house. Wait,
4: does your house not have lava pools?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just opens up really quickly. And I think it's down in those dungeons where you go into some tunnel and you hear a voice and, and the voice says, like, only the marked one can continue, something like that. And and you have to go back and sit in some chair and then uh, there's, like, magic imprinted in your hands or something, like something is burned and then you are the marked one. I don't know. I felt this half made sense, like... <laughs> This was when I was still on board. This was when I thought, okay, okay, I got this. And visually, the,
2: they really hyped that part up too, because the part we have to go through—it's just you know hundreds of skeletons down there, and then the, the chair that you sit in is kind of HR Geiger mm. inspired. I mean, it's just very ominous. So you feel like you're yeah.
0: building up to something big here, is what? It's... Yeah. So, so this, and, and then after that, you find your first magic weapon. The staff. The, what's that? The creator staff. Some kind of tribal staff that um, it recharges. So that's cool. That's always a big relief. Because honestly, ammo is... There's not a lot of ammo lying around, is there? So that's a big part of the of, the, of the horror vibe to me. is just running out of ammo. <laughs> um, so yeah, up to that point, I felt, okay, this is cool. But then I couldn't really tell you what happens after, to be honest. I think that's when you go to Egypt. <laughs> kind of briefly, too. You know, Yeah, just for one second. Just one room. You just pop into Egypt real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. He meets some guy called the Nal. He
1: has no idea who he was supposed to be. Yeah. He just lives in a pyramid in Egypt, <laughs> I gather.
0: And and he says, y- you should get some masks because you need the masks in order to continue. Um, Do you time travel at that point, technically? Or is that later? or? I think that's actually ancient Egypt.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. So we're time traveling briefly to ancient Egypt and then you're yeah. out of there. And
0: that was- Yeah, real quick. <laughs> and it's never really like it doesn't make an impact or anything. It's just <laughs> yeah. It's just a thing you have to do. And and meanwhile you get the sense that your character is still thinking about the cab ride. Taxi ride because that's the thing he keeps bringing up in the cutscenes. like hey man this this i got this long ass taxi ride here so <laughs> it's like okay what what's going on <laughs> yeah no I, i'd say it does give you an impact just maybe not what you were thinking yeah <laughs> so yeah from there on i think i think that's when you go to the tower after that is that like the the, the part that connects the different realms? Because that's what you need the mask for, right? From Egypt.
1: Yeah, you have to stand on a platform and it sort of teleports you and you have to join with the mask or whatever. But then you get there and the mask's disappeared
0: while you're in the tower or something, conveniently. Mm-hmm. And is that also when you meet the guy who's frying a fish? Or is that later? Yeah, that sounds about right. Raf- is Raphael? Have I got the right? Raphael. Yeah. So So then you're in the in the between the realms because this is the realms of like the game is called realms of the haunting these are the realms right connected by and it's called the tower but it's not really a tower it's more like a bridge in space yeah so yeah this this is kind of what i mean by the game really goes (laughs) off the rails really quickly (laughs) because by this point i couldn't really tell you what the story is
2: there's not that many realms either it's Like half the time after going in space or the tower or whatever, it's called, you're coming back to a different part of the mansion. So it's, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) there's so much setup in this game and and it's just, uh, I guess they just ran out of resources for what they wanted to do. I, I don't know yeah maybe yeah they cut an hour
0: of video out so maybe maybe all the explanations were in there An hour what do you mean they cut an hour out like was it produced but not included or did they just not film it that's
1: wrong. well it's, it's on honor there's a brief interview with the producer from a few years back i was reading before this mm-hmm. he doesn't go into detail but he, did, he does say they cut an hour out that's all so i think it was probably produced and didn't fit on the cds
0: oh wow that's crazy. It could have used it too. I mean, mm.
1: there's some gaps. Well, yeah, but it might just have made, added even more things we can not understand. Oh, oh, I see. It
2: might have just been an hour of additional unanswered things that are coming up. So we go to ancient Rome and then head towards like a, a land with like puppets attacking you or so. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah. So it would have spiraled even farther out. Very <laughs> not, possible. With not this game. fill
0: in any gaps. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. And and uh, th- th- the weirdest thing to me is that the gameplay just keeps things pretty basic for the most part. So, you can sort of zone out <laughs> during these cutscenes and then just continue shooting and it's fine. So, that doesn't help to make you understand, does it? Uh, until you hit the adventure game portion walls that you really have to... F- that does not get too bad until later, from what I remember. Mm. Yeah, you can definitely just kind of uh, just stumble through it for the most part. There are parts you can get stuck on, especially towards the end. But. Yeah, is that what you mean? Is um, Because at one point, you start really using the tower to travel between... Um, they start naming things, so they, they call Hallet the Earth... So that's apparently like the mansion, but also just everything on Earth, just a normal world. But then you start going to other places. Uh, Raquia is one, Arqua is one, and Shul is one. And I think I visited both Raquia and Arqua, which are both these co- sort of surreal... Uh, I don't know, know—they've Realms of the Spirits, it's called... Um, it's like a garden with a big maze yeah a really really big maze <laughs> really big maze yeah <laughs>
2: yeah and, it, and it's bright and sunny and it just it, it feels like a total contrast
0: to the whole haunted house vibe they were kind of building prior to that it's a big contrast so i think that's where the puzzles really come in yeah like Solving the Maze and also the other place, um, Arqua, Realm of Divinity and Peace, where you don't have any weapons all of a sudden. So I guess it's not really a shooter anymore at that point. And there's this like MC escher like room with stairs at the floors and also at the ceilings. And I remember just streaming that part and getting a lot of help <laughs> because, oh man, you have to get items from all the corners and do things in a very specific order.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really random. I mean, the task there is to build a... A bong, a basically. Bong <laughs> with some drugs that you <laughs> feed to the water god. So it gives you a sword, and there's absolutely no rationale behind any of this. Uh,
2: there was one puzzle around there, maybe before, where you had to, like, drop armor or something onto the floor to make it stop squeaking. Or...
0: Oh! I remember that one really blocked me for when i was playing yeah yeah there was this you're right there was this room with doors all around it and every door had a little puzzle yeah though one of them just it didn't make a lot of the puzzles kind of
2: made sense i remember this one just didn't click with me at all like it it was about quieting the floorboard so they wouldn't creak yeah Uh, yeah it was some room after the garden area you know you have a this building with a bunch of rooms and yeah, I know the one. You had to like put his, had to a bracer you have to wear or something
1: that stops the floor from making noise.
2: Yeah, that's right. It was a bracer, you know, what you wear on your arm, and yeah. and that prevented the floorboards from creaking so you could get through. Yeah, that, that, that was the adventure game
0: logic I was remembering. Well, well, that's the thing. isn't? I mean, it's really an adventure game once you're trying everything on everything, right? So...
2: Yeah, th- th- that's kind of pushing it, even for
0: adventure games. I mean, <laughs> usually there's a little more logic than that, you know. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah, for sure. Let Let's talk about some of the characters we meet along the way because those are there's a lot of fun ones between those. Uh, oh yeah. I mentioned Rebecca. That's the woman. Uh, I th- I think she is the angelic woman, or not? Or am I uh, confusing things now? Yeah, I think she is. She's, she dreams about
1: her, doesn't they, before in the intro or of- whatever.
0: Yeah. So so she joins your team, that's cool. Of course we meet your your ghost father, but there's also um for example Elf, the the dead knight who's just a ghost and he gives us uh, his sword, I think. So thanks thanks Elf for the sword. I, I felt like kind of halfway through the game, he
2: also tries his best to shore up all the and then I wouldn't call them plot holes, but just gaps in the plot where you're trying to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or, or he, he doesn't get everything, but you can tell he's trying because you get more exposition about the story in five minutes than you have in the past few hours prior to that. I remember.
0: Yeah, I think he explains who the the good guys and the bad guys are, and and that's not really told through any other way. So, yeah, I I feel Elf is one of the main allies you have in this game um and there's also hawk that's the voice in the tunnel earlier uh who 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 tells you the marked one can only uh go through or something and i don't know if i realized this when playing but when looking into these characters it seems hawk is some sort of magic being product of the soul stone and he's like a counterpart to uh Goal, I think? Yeah. And Goal is like the evil version of him? Does that make sense? Oh, I don't know about that, but that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think you're asking the wrong question there. I mean, you, you should be asking, is that correct? Like, yeah. That, that, that would be the better <laughs> question. That is, does, does that make sense? Because you're going to be disappointed. With <laughs>
0: So if we go to the bad guys, I mean I feel that's really where the game shines in terms of characters. The bad guys are pretty cool. Uh first of all there's there's uh, Elias Camber or or Claude uh, Florentine. The I think you meet him in the intro already or he's mentioned at least. He's a priest with a beard, with a pointy beard, and he sort of leads you on your way like, "Oh yeah, I'm I I can help you and and I think it's mentioned how your father hates him or something." I think one of the stories is that Elias or or uh, Florentine has magic powers, but he needs you to unlock the holy seal. I think which he can't do for himself for some reason. So that's why he's luring you into the adventure. Like, oh yeah, you do it. He's he's cool. Um, the coolest of them all is Belial. No, no doubt. Yeah, he is the. The evil doctor guy, right? He's he's wearing the white lab coat. Is he the main baddie? Yeah, I think so. He, he had a real intensity to him. It was good. Yeah, I think I only saw him once during my playthrough. I I sure I'm sure he pops up again at the end. I only saw him halfway.
1: Yeah, he's not in it much. He's the only probably one of the only, the only guy I'd ever heard of that was in it as an
2: actor. So he's probably
1: the most expensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what well, wasn't I heard after I did the video. So people were saying he was on a, a kids' show in the UK, that's what he was known for? Or Yeah, he played a sort of ch- cheeky elf or
1: whatever in a series called Nightmare. <laughs> huh It's very different character. And he was also, I think he was Marvin the Paranoid Android in and It's Hiker's Guide.
2: Oh, wow. That's
1: him in the BBC production for... I think so. I know might, there were quite a few different productions. I'm not sure he might only have been in one of them. Yeah,
2: well, I was thinking like the '80s one. Yeah. But yeah, if that is him,
0: you wouldn't he wouldn't know it. <laughs> oh, he has a range. He's very good in this. You know, he's wearing his uh, he's putting on his gloves. It's all su- everything he does is just super evil.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, he's very menacing, and it? it's a good entrance. It's a good villain entrance, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So, so I imagine. Does the game just end with a big belial boss fight or something? Is that what it all leads up to?
1: Um there is a boss fight just before the Soulstone, if I remember right.
2: Yeah, there there's a face-off with him at almost at the end, and then there's another conflict at the very end, which kind of blurs in my memory. That's understandable, <laughs> to be honest.
1: The, the abs- yeah, the absolute last bit sort of all FMV picking the right choices. <laughs>
0: Oh, are there multiple endings to this game? I don't think so. Well,
1: sort of. You could fail if you pick the wrong one. I mean, you've probably been in a few situations when you were playing it, I guess.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I think for the most part, you're pretty much on rails, like most adventure games, to be honest. So it's just a linear story. At one point, I remember that's an odd scene. Uh, I think that's actually the scene where you meet Belial. He's in the middle of a big cross, like the big crossway, and you you can go left or right. I think this is the part where you have to use a glass of water as a weapon, like you carry it in front of you in your hand, weapon style, and then you throw it onto either the left or the right door and it opens. And only one of these choices is right. Like, correct, and I... Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think the game ever tells you which one... Like, you better save your game before you're doing that, because well, if you... Well, yeah, you
1: find out it's wrong fairly quickly. Exactly, right? but, yeah. and you <laughs> just
0: die if you pick the wrong one. So, well, that that's gameplay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, eh, it's kind of an old game, <laughs> but it's a big production at the same time. I mean, they've really put a lot of effort into this, so it is It is quite an intriguing title, to be honest. um the only other evils that are worth mentioning, I think are the the ire and the Dodger who are both roaming the tower uh so so when you're in the tower, they're I don't know hunting for you or something.
1: Yeah, never that clear on what they are from what I remember. No. I, think I, think, I think there's a there's a sort of boss fight, at the way you escape the house at the end, and there's this big purple thing. I think that might be the Dodger. Yeah. But it's not telling you what it's called, no. just attacking.
0: <laughs> no, none of the monsters really have names as far as I can tell. There are a lot of monsters in this game.
1: There's, there's some really weird monsters, aren't there, that are completely out of place for the... Like when you're in that realm with the big garden maze, it's like these
0: gang- ghost gangsters or something that attack you. Yeah, the guys in the black suits. That's easily the weirdest and and just unfitting monster you can think of. Because most of the monsters make sense to me. Like, okay, they're just typical scary fantasy monsters. But yeah, these gangsters with the suits. And I, I think they actually fire guns as well, just not... Yeah you know not not any magic about them really odd so
1: oh, you'd, think, you'd think you'd have gone like a zombie theme or something when you're starting out in the mansion
0: yeah uh some some monsters are a little bit zombie like the the ones I, I think one of the weapons you get early on is a is a sword and i was really happy finding the sword because that's another weapon that doesn't use ammo so at first i was really trying to get close to enemies and and you know, sorting them down. But uh, this works with the slow big guys, but it doesn't work later on where the, where the enemies start firing at you as well. So I don't know. I, I think the monsters are okay for the most part, just the, the gangsters are really odd. Apparently they're called shadows, by the way.
2: Right.
0: I don't think that's mentioned in the game. I, th- I think people pieced it together from the game files where like the texture is called shadow or something.
2: I wonder if there's ever been an interview with the writer for this, where he just goes in and just explains for you know for ten minutes everything that's missing in there. Mm. And, mm. That would be interesting to look up. Yeah, that interview I had said very
1: little. It was I think it was it it was this post, it was Paul Green, is that the right? The producer who came up with the initial ideas anyway.
0: Yeah, I was looking into some of the key people, because honestly, if you go onto Moby Games and look at the credits, there's like hundred plus people on the team, so this was really a big production. But it seems that the creative on the creative side, at least, Paul Green and and Alan Goldman seem to be the the main um, writers and, and designers, directors, producers.
1: He didn't say a lot. He said something, some of it's come from Hebrew, I gather. A lot of the mythology was sort of based around that. Mm. I, think Helid's,
0: I think Helid might be a Hebrew for Earth or something. But don't quote me on that. What I found re- really interesting is that Alan Coltman is both the director of the Cutscenes, I think, or the game, I don't know, but he's also a voice actor on the game. So that's an interesting combination of uh, of roles. Uh and, and Paul Green, the writer, um he seemed to have only worked in the game industry for four years in total. I was looking at his uh like other games he worked on, and he all all his credits are between ninety three and ninety seven. I don't think he wrote a whole lot before this or after this. I guess he poured everything into this one. (laughs) I don't know. Um, The other notable uh, member of the team, by the way, that's definitely worth mentioning is uh, Anthony Crowther. Crowther? I don't know how to say it. Tony Crowther. Crowther. Yeah, I'd I'd go for Crowther. Crowther, yeah. Anyway, he's sort of a legend, isn't he? He's sort of one of those uh, 80s kids that grew up with uh, 8-bit computers and uh i think he wrote some some commodore 64 games all the way back to 1984 i think was his first release so yeah he was sort of a video game legend in the uk i feel yeah yeah i'm definitely aware of him the monty mole series was famous
1: for sure he was, it was gremlin's first game there was that his monty mole which was one of his
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think he was he was um uh, attracted to gremlin just because he already had prior knowledge about making and and publishing games, because he had been doing it for a for a while at this point, which is kind of unique in the early eighties. So, yeah, and he kept working. I mean, he was I think the main programmer on this game on Realms of the Haunting, but he kept working in the game industry. Like, until very recently. I don't know if he's retired now, but... I think he, must, he might still be at Sumo. I think he's not retired, yeah. Because he worked on Force Horizon 2, for example. He worked on Burnout Paradise Remastered in 2018, that was. He worked on Crackdown 3 in 2019. Yeah, he's really gone the full spectrum then, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is an 8-bit guy from, you know, the home computer era. And he's now doing all these console 3d super productions so
1: yeah just just the move from c64 to this big 3d engine in this is pretty impressive to be honest there's probably not many
0: that made that move yeah it's a big job yeah exactly exactly maybe it's fun to look a little bit at gremlin you know as a studio um they were one of the titans of the uk weren't they i mean these were one of the big ones yeah, I was certainly well aware
1: of them. I think the first, first cassette game I ever got from a Spectrum was a compilation
0: of Gremlin games. Yeah, see, they were they were around for a long time. Um, I read they, they started as a computer shop in Sheffield uh, called Just Micro. So I think they were selling uh, mostly ZX Spectrum machines. And yeah, from there they branched into publishing games as well and and probably developing them shortly after yeah i I think Well, i think they just had kids who'd hang around in the shop on the computers
1: all day and some of them started bringing in games of their own yeah and they decided to just start selling
0: those and that was that that was how it began exactly exactly because if you look into the history of gremlin it's instantly they're publishing games it's like yeah that's that's where they they started from um I read that at really early on in the 80s they attracted uh, Anthony Crowther as we mentioned the the star programmer because he had previously developed some games so that was a good asset to have and they also brought in Jeff Brown from US Gold. US Gold is a publisher we've mentioned before. They made a lot of games but I to me they're mostly known for like I don't know not the greatest games maybe. Uh yeah, they didn't, well, they were more of a retailer, really, than a
1: maker of games. I think they might have, they had a few studios, I think, eventually. But they sort of partnered up with Ocean, I think, for a lot of them. Mm.
0: So I think they brought these people in just for their knowledge of the video game industry, like how to actually sell games, you know.
1: Yeah, the, the same guy ran the biggest software distributor in the UK in, well,
0: and in Europe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, it'd be good to have on his side. That's another thing I read. Um, Gremlin uh, had their US releases published by Interplay, but they did uh, Europe um, publishing themselves. And they also just published a lot of games in, in Europe in general, also for other developers. So, yeah, Gremlin's super big central player throughout the 80s and 90s. Um, you mentioned some of the games they made, Rich. Uh, the Monty Mall series, Potty Pigeon. They also made... Didn't you make a video about that one, Ross? Or was that another... Yeah, I also made a video on that yeah. one. Yeah. So that's, that's a grambling classic right there. Uh, they made lots of stuff, honestly. They made Gauntlet. Uh, they published the Lotus and, and Supercar series, the racing games. Um, they had Premier Manager going as a series. Uh, Zool is, is a game by them. Uh, Jungle Strike Uh, The Actua Sports series, that was huge, with Actua Soccer and Actua everything, tennis. So, yeah, just tons of games. Fatal Racing was a a 90s DOS game by them, loaded and reloaded, Slipstream 5000. We mentioned Normality, which is another 3D adventure game by them. So, interestingly, released before Realms, but made after, apparently. Uh, I just learned. (laughs) also using the same 3d engine yeah just a super huge company they grew into uh i read at one point they had 300 employees and three offices like in the mid 90s or late 90s maybe and then i don't know how to say it. like a lot of stuff happened by the late 90s which made it all sort of collapse they were it, it was looking pretty good for them they bought dma design for example the studio that made Lemmings and and Grand Theft Auto. So that was a huge deal. But then uh, I guess they got bought by Infogrames, who then renamed to Atari or something. I don't know the details, but it all went south really quickly after this. So in 1999, they were bought. And by 2003, the Sheffield Studios were closed down. So. This was a, I think, a big shift in the video game industry in general. Like things were really consolidating, and you know, all the small studios were closing down, and everything was being bought. This is around the time Westwood went under as well. I think. Yeah, it's all it's story with near just about everyone, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So this is the whole shift from you know the original landscape to the current day, where it's just a handful of developers that own everything
2: well uh, now it's kind of that and a million independent indie titles yeah that's true it's kind of everything now almost
0: yeah yeah that's true that's true i don't know i think in the early 2000s it all just went away yeah the 2000s that's probably the dark ages (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly um i read about some efforts to save uh, Gremlin. So one thing they did was uh, Zoo Digital, later renamed to Zushi, that was founded as a successor to Gremlin. Uh, I think they they, they opened a, an office in Sheffield and swept up some old uh, people who had worked at the old offices. Um, I don't know if they ever made anything that we should play now, but they went away in 2010. So yeah, that didn't last either. I I think most of the staff ended up at Sumo, didn't they? Sumo is another big player, and I think they are still around, aren't they, in Sheffield? Hmm. So, yeah, Sumo is... I read um, uh, Anthony Crowther, Crowther, the the programmer, he does a lot of work for Sumo nowadays. So I think it's mostly just freelance consulting, but, yeah, Sumo is definitely maybe the modern reincarnation of... uh, of Gremlin. Uh, I read the original founder, we haven't mentioned this, but uh, Ian Stewart and Kevin Norborn were the two original founders. They opened the shop, the, the Just Micro Computer Shop. Um, and Ian Stewart bought some of Gremlin's assets when it all went under. So uh, he called his company Urban Scan. And if you go to Urban Scan's website now, Yeah, you can see some stuff they did. Uh, One thing I I read was they made a premier manager in 2012, for example. So I think that was an attempt to revive that series. And I don't know what he actually owns right now, but I think he bought up some some of the things that went uh, in a fire sale. Um, But I also read uh, that the Gremlin name is now in the hands of Warner Brothers. So... I don't know. I wonder if you go onto Gog right now and you buy Realms of the Haunting, who gets that money? I have no idea. Just Gog, probably. <laughs> who knows? I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's basically the history of Gremlin. Um, if you want to know more, by the way, there's a great two hour documentary on YouTube by Kim Justice. Uh, Kim Justice was a guest on our uh, Syndicate episode. And yeah, this is just a fantastic two-hour documentary made on Gremlin Interactive uh on that channel. So go check that out if you wanna if you wanna learn more. Right. Uh what's another fun thing to talk about? We've not really talked about the graphics, have we? I mean, it's a first-person shooter, but
4: Yeah, I think besides the FMV it looks decent. I mean the FMV looks decent too, but uh I mean, that's just video. Um, The real 3D engine, I thought it had had really nice lighting effects, for example. Mm -hmm. I guess the engine is not quite as fast as as Quake's engine, for example, and they rely on sprites for enemies and not 3D models. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it looks looks like a competent piece of tech.
0: Yeah, it runs in both VGA and SVGA, I noticed, so that's pretty fancy. And um, it's all software rendered, though. There's no, you know, 3DFX support or anything. Um, just the way it comes across to me is like, this is peak DOS graphics. You know, this is, this is among just the best sort of graphics the platform was able to muster before it all went (laughs) 3D acceleration and all. To me, that's more Windows stuff, but this is sort of where all, all the years of DOS eventually led to this.
4: With software rendering, even, even Unreal had a pretty good software renderer and that was a Windows game, so...
0: Um And the FMV is surprisingly watchable, I, I, I thought. I mean, it's low res and it's noisy, but, meh, I
2: don't know. Well, I mean, especially for the time, I mean, a, a four-disc game just in itself was a big deal. You know, not many had that.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, I mean there was the perception that, you know,
0: si- bigger size means uh, better game. You know, so. <laughs> definitely, definitely, Yeah yeah, there was sort of a race going on, wasn't there? Like, like games like Phantasmagoria coming out on seven discs or something. I, I
2: think they might have been the 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 top the the height of that
0: for I don't know if any top seven discs that weren't an
2: anthology
0: or something, yeah, but also games like Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour also came on on multiple discs. um we had a look at the last Express a while ago that's also. I think three or four discs. So, oh really? Huh. It was a sort of a power move, wasn't it? Like, look, look at all the. It. I think there was this idea that you know the 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 small time studios, the shareware games, though those could do on a floppy. But we we needed this this huge amount of space for our grand games. So, I feel there was sort of a statement made if if the box contained four discs. Like, yeah, look at this. Um, but I, I think it's all movies, right? I mean, the game itself is probably tiny. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, v- video
0: would just burn through space like nothing. Yeah. Like nothing else. Uh, and and the music we quickly talked about the music before we recorded, but the music is definitely not bad, but it's also not very memorable. I mean, it works at setting the atmosphere.
1: So a bland MIDI, though, really isn't it? It's not. Yeah. Probably the weakest aspect of the production, I'd say. I mean, the actual... Did, there's loads of digital
0: sound effects. They're uh, Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And voiced as well, though. I think the whole game is voiced. Like, the descriptions of the items and everything. Yeah. So that's that's re- really impressive, but...
1: Yeah, they even, they even change some of those descriptions as you learn more as well. well. Like when you meet Rebecca and she chips in every time you look at something in your inventory.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, in the beginning you're on your own and later she comments on things. And yeah, so, you know, the fully voiced thing is great, but the mute... I don't want to say the music is bad either, to be honest. It's just... It's
1: okay. It just feels like it should have been like something di- something digitized, mm. the streaming.
0: Yeah, it is MIDI and I think it's this orchestral MIDI style. Um and and probably maybe it works if you have one of those fancy MIDI boxes. Well, I've got the roll and then it doesn't sound. It's all right. Okay, it doesn't help now. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it doesn't. Okay, that's too bad. I was hoping that maybe, you know, it would fall flat on the OPL chip, but if you had the the real sample-based boxes then it would shine, but yeah, maybe not uh do we want to listen to a small part of the music florian
4: Um sure not sure which one to listen to
0: um opening track i would say
4: oh no, which is the opening track i think this one maybe let's take a listen Is that it? Oh, I us skip <laughs> to the next one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, well, wait a minute. There's like a symphony orchestra stuff in the yeah, intro yeah, cinematic, yeah. but...
4: And so on.
0: (laughs) And so on, yeah. I guess it works for setting the tone, but you're not humming this on the train, are you? (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, It has a bit of a a Metroid or Super
2: Metroid-ish feel to it. I
0: I think this sort of music works if the soundtrack also has one or two standout tracks that you really remember, and then you can fill the rest with this sort of atmospheric stuff.
2: Yeah, I want to say the Resident Evil kind of had that style where... You know, some tracks are
0: some more like this, but then there's others that are very distinctive. Yeah, uh, so you have the motif, and you can remember it, and then, yeah. It's, I don't know, it's fine. It works for the game. It's no big deal.
2: Y- you did throw me off into thinking that, wait a minute, is this whole song just one note? Did I forget that? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Okay, I have to take back everything I was defending about the
0: music then. <laughs>
4: I I just picked some songs at random, right?
0: I I don't know if there could be better ones. Yeah, but it's mostly this, I think. So um, if we look at what was actually produced, we we mentioned at the start uh, the original release was in December 96. And by March 97, uh, the game was released in the US. Uh, and it seems they applied some updates or, or changed some things because that's the version I got. And it there was a like a change log or something where they mentioned you can now remap the buttons and they made some things easier. I think that's where the double click for the health was added, which was not in the original. So, so yeah, that seems to be, I don't know, a version 1.1 or something. They changed something. But weirdly, that's about it in terms of versions there was never a sequel there was never an expansion just nothing seems weird for such a big production
2: well if they didn't make back the money then yeah you know they can't just like you said if a hundred people are working on
0: it they can't just get a couple people together to to round it out you know bang out the second one yeah exactly I read they did work on a on a sequel but because of the disappointing sales of the first they they canceled it. So,
4: interesting to hear that the sales were disappointing because now you can find the boxes everywhere. They're like or maybe I don't know. <laughs> they just cleared their warehouses at one point, I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? If if we're talking about where you can get the game on eBay for example, it's like if you're a bit patient, you can get a big box copy for 10 bucks. Oh.
0: Well, that's nice. Well, it's a good starter game if you want to start a big box collection, maybe. Maybe, yeah. If you want to get it digitally on Steam or GOG, it's it's like three euros, and it's on discount for like one half the year. So, it's a bit of a sad ending, I feel, for such a grand production. It's worth the three euro, I would say. I mean, it's 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 unhinged, but it's also fun. I I don't know. I enjoyed my uh, my playthrough, so.
1: Yeah, I think it's good to play something with some some real ambition. I think. Yeah, and just and just different. I can't think of anything
0: I've played that's quite the same. So I don't know. I feel it's worth celebrating this game a little bit. The only thing I I otherwise found in in terms of versions is uh there's there's GOG and Steam releases for Windows, Mac, and Linux. But I don't know if these are real versions or if they just wrap the game in DOSBox, which I suspect is maybe what they did.
2: Pretty sure the GOG copy did, but Yeah. yeah you I think you are safe from the hassle of like
0: disc swapping. So mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Seems a weird short list of things. I mean, often we have like tons of expansions at least or or sequels or other versions or right? just just nothing. So Yeah. Um now, Richard, you mentioned that the uh, the UK magazines were all over this game.
1: Well, certainly the one I the one that persuaded me. Anyway, yeah, I've
0: done. I did my usual scans on the forums. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, which magazines are those? It's the same ones always, but. Uh Well, not not necessarily, but
1: I think the one that I read back in the day was PC Zone. I mean, they gave it 93% and a classic rating. Nice. Which they didn't just hand out, to, so it probably puts it up there with stuff like, I don't know, stuff like probably not that far off the scores of the likes of Half-Life or whatever.
0: Wow, yeah. So is this in... in I mean, is this because it's a UK title, or do you think this is genuinely... You
1: see, I'm, I was curious when I... Because all the UK press seemed to look like that. I was kind of curious <laughs> if you guys would find a load of reviews that were less positive mm. than your countries, but...
2: well, I, I feel like it's one of those games where the like the number system doesn't work so well on, because... I mean, I don't think it's that high as they listed, but like you said, the ambition's there and it keeps you kind of guessing what it's gonna do next and it was a big production. But at the same time, the story doesn't really follow through. Some of the gameplay are just walls. So it, at the same time, you're getting, like let's say you gave it like a seven out of 10 or eight out of 10, you're you're getting so much more of an experience than you would have for other games that might be like a more neutral seven or eight out of ten you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it kind of goes in both directions with the problems and the aspirations well yeah it's not just the score i
1: mean just what they say gremlin's best game for years it's an epic completely absorbing experience from start to finish etc so they definitely definitely were pushing it they got it level pegging with system shock in their comparisons
0: but at the same time, I'm seeing a lot of top scores from from other places as well. I mean, Moby Games lists some reviews. Some are German. They're up in the 80s,
4: 90s. PC Action gave it 87%. And they say, I have never come across an action adventure with such a perfectly structured arc of suspense. Rams of the Haunting plays quickly uh, without being rushed through. Puzzles and the number of enemies are so well measured that frustration never arises at any point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Th- that sounds like somebody who could have... Like had access to hints or, 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 like hint if they needed it. <laughs> oh gosh, <cash. laughs> yeah, or cash. You go. realms of
4: the haunting doesn't need any methods of create to create tension, an unmistakable sign of outstanding quality.
0: There you go. Um, computer gaming world in the in the US, classic magazine. Um, mentioned it it gives it a 90% says with its deep plot carefully balanced blending of action and adventure and a well-designed graphically rich game world realms of the haunting is a unique immersive gaming experience interplay took a chance with this unusual hybrid and they've succeeded in spades you would think reading these reviews that the game would sell really well I wonder why it didn't. Yeah, there were also worse um,
4: reviews, right? Like PC Player is, um, gave it sixty percent, and they said it's a strange mix that Gremlin presents to us here. Switching between three D representation and video sequences is not without problems, as it can easily lead to breaks in the flow of the game, and the atmosphere suffers. Nevertheless, the apocalyptic adventure about knights and demons can captivate you for a while. So, uh,
2: you see, that's not even my problem. I- I'm fine with them mixing all kinds of multimedia in it. I feel like the thematic shift, like you said earlier, it felt like two different games. Mm -hmm. But that's like a minor... See, I don't know. When I think of games, you know, ones that I like and I see everything they're doing, when I think of those just walls I hit where I'm thinking, if I hadn't been able to get a hint on that, like, I never would have been able to finish this even wanting to. Mm -hmm. And I remember multiple moments like that with Realms of the Haunting. And... Let's say you are getting into the story. It's like, well, they kind of conclude some of it, but a whole lot feels introduced that you never... Then They're never able to really kind of complete the thought they were going for, the build-up or anything, so...
0: Yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm looking at a Dutch review now, Power Unlimited, which is a magazine I read back in the day, and they say, as one of the pros... That the story is great, so I don't know. I guess it keeps you interested. I mean, yeah, it's great, but feels incomplete. That's what I would. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like, like I would give this like a a very caustic or volatile seven and a half out of ten, or something like that. Or <laughs> like this is not a mediocre
0: seven or no. Half out of ten. No, this no, no. This is like a this is a very exciting seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, in Power Unlimited it scores uh, 79% and uh, they say the only bad thing about it is the uh, weird controls, which just don't work, so.
4: Yeah, I can agree with that. That's, I think that's a fair resume of the game. Yeah. The game works, more or less. The graphics are good, the story is weird, but also cool in in a way, but the controls, they suck. <laughs>
0: That's the thing. I I much rather have a an interesting weird story that I can't follow than than you know something boring or bland. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's how I ended the video. I said the you know a lot of games are doomed to mediocrity. This game is doomed for entirely different reasons,
0: you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. So um That's already sort of closing thoughts, though, right? I mean, what would you say? Should people check this game out, considering it's only €3 on Steam and GOG?
2: Well, well, I think they kind of know at this point whether they should or not, you know, if they're... Like, if... if if they don't want a real rough time then no you shouldn't but
0: <laughs> if you if, if you're fascinated by all this stuff that was in there then absolutely you know and i think also you know for modern day standards yeah it's rough but for the time and for those games i this game is not the worst of the worst in terms of controls or anything
1: I was pretty par for the course. If you if you're okay with playing Doom on a keyboard, you, you'll cope with this. If you if you weren't, then you might have issues here. Yeah.
2: I, I was gonna say I could have some baggage of remembering a lot of adventure games where I got stuck, and that's it. Like I can't. Like I'll try again the next day, still stuck. Like mm-hmm. I don't have access to the hint guide, and I was seeing a couple moments like that in this one. So that's i don't know that weighs more heavily in my mind but now of course nowadays you can just get a walk through and find it's not so much the puzzles that i remember it's the mazes yeah oh man Man, there's this
1: there's this bit where you have to go around collecting brains in hell for some reason and feeding them into this big brain (laughs) machine And it's literally just a massive maze with these tiny little brain sprites all over the place. And you have to find every single one of these. Mm.
2: I don't remember that part being as bad. The part I remember hating was like you're in this room of mirrors towards the end. Yeah. And it was just, it was so disoriented. It was a maze of mirrors. I remember, uh, and that yeah, it was I saw I remember that part was like the lo- almost like the lowest point of me for gameplay wise.
0: It it was pretty close to the end. Yeah, that's not where you want to be that far in. I mean, if you if you can overcome an early puzzle, then then okay. But if you if you get stuck that far into the game, that's just oh man. Yeah, that was like ninety percent into it. I want to say yeah. yeah. When I played the game, I mostly just streamed it on twitch and and i found people coming into the chat and giving me hints super helpful and i'm not sure if without it i i would have come as far as i have because i don't know i'm not great at solving these sometimes even obvious puzzles so i really need the help (laughs) but that said i i think it's an interesting game and i'm glad that we covered it because uh i i applaud this sort of effort put into games and you know doing something different so i if anything i hope to see more weird stuff that doesn't quite work so that's that's the best at
2: at least a chunk of it felt like it like i would say there's no way the creators of was it clive barker's undying like weren't at least familiar with this game because there seemed to be too many overlaps with the you know the portal between worlds and the haunted house experience going in and out Mm mm-hmm I mean, I'd say that's a much more refined game. However, Realms of the Haunting is even more ambitious than that. So it's. Yeah. it sucks. There's another game I've suggested on the forums
1: called The Legacy, which is another even earlier one that's sort of portals and a haunted house. So I'm just thinking if you fancy something equally odd <laughs> <laughs> for another
0: October. I haven't played that. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's mostly it. Um, It's an interesting game. I'm glad it's made. I had fun playing it for the month. I'm not sure I will play it again ever, but, (laughs) you know, I'm glad it exists. I I would play it if somebody made a
2: hardware port of it to like a...
0: Oh, yeah. You you know, you you see that sometimes, like Doom mods or... Yeah, there's still, I think that not long ago was there, um, what's it again? uh i can't remember it now well there was a quake revisited not long ago but there's there's tons of these re-implementations where you just pop your your original game assets into and it's a new engine they could definitely uh make the experience a bit smoother for sure actually the game we're playing this month dungeon keeper is one of those games which has a a modern engine that that takes away a lot of the hassles what's the game i'm thinking of it's, it was mentioned even in the podcast. It's also first person. Uh, not not normality, huh? No, 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 no. It's it's more like a shooter, but it also has System Shock. Yeah, System Shock. That's the one.
2: Okay. Well, well, well that had a, that had a red carpet
0: remake also, but yeah. So I don't see that happening for realms of the no, Hunt no. Thing, but... no it's... <laughs> but something would be nice. Yeah, right. So, uh, did we miss anything? Is there anything to add? Because now is the time. Otherwise, we're just going to move on to the end. The end. Well, the end is just wrapping up some of the things that are happening in the club. So, first of all, we're running behind. A, well, not <laughs> a little bit, but
4: we're running We behind. are not running behind. We have run behind uh, half a year ago and we never... Never caught up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but we're trying to catch up. So we're doing the October game now. So I'm just going to list all the games we've done since and are doing now. Uh, (laughs) So in November, we uh, played Karatika, the Jordan Magner game, uh, the, the Prince of Persia guy. And there's an interesting making of Karatika on Steam right now. So that's interesting to check out. In December, we played Lemmings, which was great. And some people made custom levels for that on the forums. So... That's fun to check out. Right now in January, we'll, we're playing Dungeon Keeper. Um, next month in February, we'll be playing Empire Wargame of the Century, which is a really old classic sort of strategy game. Big influence on, on later things like Civilization. So that's interesting, I think. Uh, and in March, we will be playing Wolfenstein 3D. Can, can you believe we've not done that game yet? What? That's crazy. We've done
4: most other it software DOS games though. So.
0: Yeah, 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 but we have an excuse. Yeah. So that's the plan, that's what what has happened and will happen. Um let's see. If you're into this this DOS gaming thing we're doing, you can join us on our website dosgameclub.com where we have forums where you can uh, suggest games like Richard did and then eventually years later we'll cover it maybe (laughs) Um, you can also send us voice messages to club at dosgameclub.com and we'll play them on the show although sadly nobody did that for this one Uh, you can chat with us on irc where we have a a channel called dos game club on the afternet network and if you don't know how to work irc there's a widget on the website we run our own mastodon so you can follow that if you're into into that sort of a stuff super fast mastodon instance now oh yeah we just upgraded the server haven't we and it's
4: it's brilliant
0: <laughs> yes and and the reason why we uh upgraded it or well what what made it possible is um a few months ago we started a Kofi for donations because people have for years have been asking you know how can we support you guys and so we figured, well, what's the thing that we could use money for is a better server. Um, so we launched the ko and we got enough money to to rent a better server now. Yep. So that's what Florian has been making. The old server
4: was essentially falling apart. It was spinning rustics yeah. and had a 100 megabit link. And it just couldn't keep up with um, the amount of traffic that the Mastodon instance, together with the um, podcast website produced. Mm-hmm. And a new one is just Fancy SSDs and Gigabit Link, and it's all super fast. Images load f- way too yeah. quickly now on the Masterland instance.
0: <laughs> awesome. I just want to go quickly through all the people who gave their support and made this possible. For, for Yeah, well, just so that we're up to speed, and then from next episode on, we can just... Thank the new people. Like 30 people. So, okay, well, if, if you have uh, the, time. <laughs> the The people who made this possible are uh, Voxel, Somebody, Michael, Lunar Looney, Turgen, Patrick, High Voltage, Wildman, Cal, Pix. Oh, that's you, Rich. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, Red, Exopus, <laughs> uh, Fast, Winston, Doom, Pointer, Zerfall, DJ, Hip, AG, Evil, Jim Curtin, F2BNP, uh, Alex Shendi, Division by Zero, Joseph, and Console. So, thanks a lot to those people.
4: Console, who is parent, who's also doing at least half the editing work nowadays for the podcast. He, he shouldn't. He shouldn't yeah. pay
0: anything. We should pay him. Really? No, that's we'll pay him back. That make this makes no sense. But yeah. So thanks a lot for all that. Uh, this is what happening. What's happening? And last but not least, if you're listening to this in a podcasting app, then please uh, leave a review, and and that just helps to spread the word. And and we enjoy reading those as well. So. That's it for us. Um, thanks for listening. And and thank you, Rich and Ross, for joining. Yes, thanks for asking us. Sure. Thanks for, for talking about this uh, this pretty crazy game.
4: Unique. The, the work you do you is unique.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's it. Thanks and see you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>